Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 942 of the Juice Box Podcast. Corey Hood has type 1 diabetes. He's also a professor and health psychologist at Stanford University. And today, the creator of Diabetes Wise is here to tell us more about it. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you'd like to save 10% on your first month of therapy, you can at betterhelp.com forward slash juice box. You can save 35% on your entire order at cozyearth.com with the offer code juicebox at checkout. And of course, AG1. Get yourself some delicious AG1 at athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. And when you use my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your first order. After you're finished listening to Corey, if you're interested, check out diabeteswise.org. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. Learn more and get started today at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Actually, just you can get more than started. You can actually buy the contour and the strips right at that link, and they may be cheaper in cash than you're used to paying for your current meter through insurance. And the Contour Next Gen is super accurate and offers second chance testing. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Omnipod. Now, Omnipod offers the Omnipod 5 if you're looking for an algorithm, or the Omnipod Dash if you want to go old school. Either way, you're going to be tubeless and carefree with the Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Contour, Omnipod, and all the sponsors. I am uh, Corey Hood. I'm a professor at Stanford University. I'm a psychologist. I'm also a person with diabetes. Um, I'm glad to be here and to chat with you a little bit about myself and diabetes wise and whatever, wherever this leads. Very nice. Well, it's nice to meet you, Corey. Um, you type one? Yeah, I do. I have type 1 diabetes. How old were you when you were diagnosed? So I was diagnosed in 2000. So I was I was 26. Um, so I'm you know going on I'm on my 23rd year. Um, it, I have kind of an interesting diagnosis story, which was that I had started work on my my PhD, and um, it, when I when I came into the PhD program, I had to you know pick some program, and I just happened that one of the only ones that was available was was in diabetes and so i was interested in psychology and health but um not didn't really have much of an interest in diabetes but um started that work and then within six months i was diagnosed myself i had you know i had lost like 30 pounds and you know had all the classic symptoms um so so yeah it was an interesting experience right as you're you know starting that work but um it, so it sounds like all the circumstances of your life are pushing you in that direction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what What did you have your undergrad in and what were you hoping to build on? And but you know what I mean? When you, when you set up that, that PhD program, what's your goal? Yeah. The, um, you know, I was interested in, I, I think I was just interested in psychology as an undergraduate and that was what my degree was in. It was in, um, Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and I, I was interested in. I, I don't think I had a, a specific area that I was really interested in, but I was just. Um, I thought that it was really. In, it was. It was fun to understand why people do the things that they do, um, and so to understand behavior and thoughts. And then, I think as I explored it a bit more, I thought more and more about health and how does the you know, what is the psychology of health. And so as I started work on my um, PhD, which is in clinical and health psychology, um, it was, you know, it was really just what, what something at the intersection of health um, and, um, and, you know, disease or, mm -hmm. um, you know, the psychology side of it. And then 
as I've worked in the, the field, I think that my interests have also evolved into understanding, you know, how does technology play a role in this and how we think about health and the things that we can do and um, the benefits of it, sometimes the drawbacks. And I mean, I think that, that that's ultimately what has led us to work on Diabetes Wise and other programs where we're trying to understand the intersection of how someone thinks about health and um, themselves and technology and devices. And obviously diabetes is a huge part of my life personally and professionally. What do you find? I mean, you're, in a, you're diagnosed as an adult, right? So what did yeah. you find to be the most difficult in the early going and what is sticking with you later? Yeah, it's, um, I think that what was, even, even though I had worked in diabetes, I, you know, I think you feel a little bit like this is, you know, this is, this is outside of me. This is not part of me. Um, I get, I get to go home in the evening and, and, you know, not, you know, check blood sugars, take insulin injections, do all those kind of things. So I think that getting used to how much work it is was probably the hardest part, just thinking about it and, and it being on your mind all the time. And then I think um, um, as I've gone along in the 20 plus years, I think that there've been different times, um, but they've all, they've always been driven a little bit by devices and technology, you know, in, in terms of, do I want to do this? Um, is it accurate enough? Am I getting burned out by using it? Um, everybody says this is the best thing ever. Is it really the best thing ever? Um, and so I think it took me a little while um, to, to, I don't know, maybe find my comfort place with technology and devices and, and all of that as we kind of moved along with the with the diagnosis and, and then just having diabetes um, yeah. long-term. I remember um, right off the bat, Arden was just diagnosed for a couple of days. And this is going back now. I mean, she was two when she was diagnosed. She's about to be 19, so it's 17 years ago. And I, I can, as clear as day, picture the nurse coming in with um, this little meter that she said we were going to take home with us. And then she had a cart with this giant meter from the hospital. And she's like, look, I'm, you know, I'm going to test her for her charts here. And she tested with the big meter from the hospital. And she goes, go ahead, now you test here with this meter. And the numbers were so different than each other. And I don't mean within like... 20% tolerances. I mean, like it was shocking. And, yeah. um, and she's, and I said, well, uh, I, you know, I, I'd prefer like that meter. Why don't you let me have that one? She goes, that thing costs $10,000. You can't have that. It belongs to the hospital. You're going to use that one. I said, well, which one's right. And that was it. Like right there, it was like frozen, yeah. you know, I, I thought, well, I don't understand. Like, how am I supposed to do this? If you know, yeah. and, and it is an odd thing to say that it, um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how that, like, it eventually, it, it, it kind of just, I don't, I've never been able to put this into words. It just, I mean, meter technology has obviously gotten better over the years and Arden uses a much more accurate meter. But back then, I don't know. It just, it, it, it was never an issue after I let go of it, but it was really difficult to let go of. So, yeah. Yeah. I, no, yeah. and I, I think w one thing that that brings up, um, as I was thinking about, um, you know, we talked to a lot of people as we were in, in both the research and then as we've created Diabetes Wise and other projects. But the, um, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people that have been diagnosed longer than maybe 10 or 15 years, they talk a lot about this kind of feeling of um, just flying blind, like having no idea what their glucose might be because they're getting either different readings or they're, um, they don't have access to one it, it's a and, it, and it's uh when i've had that it's it's really kind of an unsettling experience when you're supposed to be doing something or someone tells you that you're supposed to do it in a certain way but you don't have the actual equipment yeah. to, to make those decisions i i just got done speaking with a 64 year old woman who's had diabetes for like 50 years and it was interesting she tried to pump and she had some issues with the the set. And so she got away from it. Um, and even though her A1C was almost a full point lower on the pump than it was on MDI, she didn't live through a time when even the insulin and the way people thought about it and technology would allow you to make adjustments to your blood sugar after you ate or something like that. So she didn't see that as a, as a concern. She, she was well aware that her A1C was lower, that she was doing better, it was healthier. She said it was a little more work, 
but it wasn't enough to make her think, well, I'll persevere with the pump or even check on another one. If maybe this insulin pump is not right for me, I'll try a different one. But she spoke about her Dexcom like it was just irreplaceable because it actually it actually fixed a problem for her that scared her whole, her whole life. She wasn't scared of a 6781C. She thought that was terrific, even though the pump was giving her a 6. But not being able to know she was low, that meant like the world to her. Um, it was just interesting to me how she um, embraced one side of it, but didn't care so much about the other side until I realized that this is just the perspective she grew up through. You know, anyway, it's it's interesting. So, yeah. so diabetes wise is uh, what? Where? How does it start? Who is it? What is it trying to accomplish? Yeah. Um, so we started we started diabetes wise about five years ago. And, um, we, what we were realizing as we looked in kind of the landscape of devices and technologies was that there wasn't really a place you could go to that had, you know, everything, all the different devices, all the different technologies. Um, what you had to do was you had to go to one device manufacturer's website and compare it to the other device. You know, there wasn't really a place where, um, you could do a lot of those comparisons and get at some of the things that you're talking about, which is, you know, what are some of the features um, that people are interested in? What are the, you know, what are the, some people are interested in the, the actual specs of how accurate one is versus the other in terms of CGM. Mm. Um, you know, which ones have tubing, which ones don't on the pump side. And so we realized we needed to create something that could, could fill that void and then we thought it was also important to do it in a way that you know wasn't branded or wasn't biased toward one or the other, and that's why we sought funding from the Homestead Charitable Trust so that we could be, um, you know, we certainly have a bias that devices and technologies work really well, um, but we don't have a I don't have a bias toward which one I want you to use. I just want more people to gain access to it, sure. um, and so and I think that that aligned with with their mission and also. You know, obviously, sitting at Stanford, you know the the idea is to promote more awareness and education just through one of the missions of the university. And so, so we really tried to create something that could be as untethered to device manufacturers and technologies as we could, but offer a, a you know a true, you know, unbiased view of what these different technologies have to offer. Mm-hmm. So, did you do a an independent study of each device to give I mean so basically not I don't want to dumb this down because I'm on the website and it's obviously more than what I'm about to say but it's an impartial review site for glucose monitors pumps meters that kind of stuff yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. and and I think that one of the things that you know I think that everybody's gotten used to this um or at least I have I think many other people you know when you search for something on Amazon and it says you know what are other products like the one that you're you know, looking for. Um, and so we wanted something that was able to, you know, for example, you could compare the Dexcom G7 to the Abbott Libre 3. You could compare it to Sensiana. You could you could line those three up and you could say, how are these, um, you know, what are the what are the features? What are the priorities? What are and then the the part that we added and it gets to your question about the independent work on each one. We reviewed all of them. We don't give them a, a value. We actually decided to stay away from us giving them a review, mm-hmm. um, you know, four out of five stars or whatever it might be. But we, um, but what we wanted to do was um, really get to know each of those devices. And so we, we actually have a lot of people on our team that have diabetes themselves. We have, we've run focus groups, you know, studies to really get at what people say. And so one of the other parts of the, the website includes, um, you know, wisdom and stories and quotes from people about what their experiences have been. And not all of them are positive. You know, we're not, yeah. um, we, don't, we don't try and sugarcoat it. So. Now, I mean, I always say what works for you is what's best. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just sort of simple. If, if you, if you abhor tubing, then you're looking at an Omnipod. If you don't care about that, then, you know, when, I don't know, the inset works better for you with tandem, then right on. If your insurance covers Medtronic, Absolutely. like, you know, do, do what works. 
is um is always been my my feeling. Um, who who um pays for this diabetes wise? Like you said, you went to Helmsley, but is that the only funding it has? Yeah. So right now, the um, so we've had funding from the Helmsley Charitable Trust. So since um, twenty eighteen, specifically on diabetes wise efforts, and then before that, we had um, study funding to do projects where you know we would interview. We have one project where we interviewed fifteen hundred people with type one diabetes about the reasons why they started and stopped CGM what makes them go off. And it's to your point a little bit earlier about the, the 60 something, you know, that, that you, you talked to, you know, we, we heard a lot from people that, you know, it's for worries and concerns about hypoglycemia or for other things. And then, um, so, so we've had funding from them. So right now, um, all of the funding to support diabetes wise and the, the HCP side of it, diabetes wise pro comes from um, the Helmsley Charitable Trust. We sit at Stanford. And so, you know, Stanford helps us have an ability to have different you know, computing programs and things like that. But Helmsley is the one who supports it. So for a regular user, they can use the the website for free, but there's a pro side. Is that, is that a, is there a fee for doctors to use that? No, um, both, both sites are free. So diabeteswise.org is for um, people with diabetes, but anybody can look at it. It's all free. Mm. There's no part that there is nothing that's unlocked by having a subscription or anything like that. We don't have that. Um, and then on the pro.diabeteswise.org site, the HCP side, um, it has some some similar features in terms of being able to compare different devices, look at a device library. But the pro site has a prescription tool where a provider, but a person with diabetes could also do this, where they put in what their plan is, what device they're looking for, where they live, and then it'll spit out um, whether or not you need prior authorization to get your device. And then it'll spit out um, you know, who, who provides this because, I mean, you know, from, from doing this, I think you said 17 years, um, you know, there's, you probably had a five different DME companies or pharmacies in the last like five weeks, you know, you, yeah. so it's this kind of experience. So, so also trying to give people information about prior off. Do you need it? If you do, where are you going to get it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we tried to make that as easy and as simple as possible to, to, to kind of um, simplify the prescription process. Well, while you were explaining that, I checked to see if a Dexcom G7 was available. I mean, I know it is in New Jersey with my insurance, and it came right back with an answer. So that's pretty, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Uh, so, that's wonderful. Uh, so there's the goal isn't the goal of this website's not to m- make an income. You're just providing no. the service. What? Okay. Why? Now I like. You know what I mean? Like, what is? Yeah, I'm not saying everybody's doing something for money. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, like, when you sit down and say this, obviously you you thought of this as a need. So I guess from your professional training, what did you think this was going to alleviate for people? Like, what 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 thing did you see happening that you thought that needs to be righted? The Contour Next gen blood glucose meter is very, very accurate. In fact, it may be much more accurate than the old janky busted meter that somebody just handed you in a doctor's office all those years ago. The Contour Next Gen also offers second chance test strips, which means you can hit the blood with a test strip, not get quite enough, go back and get more without ruining the accuracy of the test strip, without ruining the accuracy of the test, or wasting a strip. The Contour Next Gen is also easy to use, easy to read, got a big bright screen and a nice light for, uh, you know, at night when you're doing your blood tests in the middle of the darkness. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. When you get there, you can read and learn every little thing you want to know about contour meters, or you can click on that orange buy now button. And that button will lead you to a number of places where you could buy meters and strips. Rite Aid, Target, Kroger, Meyer, CVS Pharmacy, Walgreens, Amazon, and Walmart.com. The meter 
and the strips very well may be cheaper in cash than what you're paying now through your insurance company for another meter that very well may be not as accurate. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. My daughter's been using a contour meter for years. We absolutely love it. Arden's contour is my favorite meter that we've ever used. I don't think you can go wrong with checking it out. Another way you cannot go wrong, in my opinion, is by getting an Omnipod. My daughter's been wearing an Omnipod every day since she was four years old. She's about to turn 19, and Omnipod has been a friend to us every step of the way. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Here's what you get with Omnipod. First and foremost, no tubing, just nothing at all. You are not connected to a controller by tubing like you will be with every other meter that is currently available. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Head over and check it out. Are you looking for automation? Well, if you have the Dexcom G6 with Omnipod 5, that device can make decisions for you based on your settings and your carbs. It's fantastic. It takes insulin away. If it thinks you're going to get low, it gives you more. If it thinks you're going to get higher, it's all run on a little algorithm right there in that Omnipod. And it's astonishing. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. If you're not looking for an algorithm, the Omnipod Dash is an absolutely fantastic option. Head over now, check it all out. Do your reading, your gazintas, all that stuff. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. I'm going to it right now. You're going to get there. Oh my gosh, you'll see me. Don't let that scare you. Just scroll down past that part. You're going to get a nice overview of the Omnipod 5 and options on how you can get started. You can ask for a free trial of Omnipod. Oh, take the pod for a test drive. Let's go, it says. Hit the let's go button. Get yourself a free trial. Or if you want to check your coverage, find out what your estimated copay is, that's all on the site as well. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. I'm going to get you back to Corey. We're going to find out more about diabetes wise, and then you can get on with your day. That's a great question. I think um, as I thought about it, I I think that the critical first part is that I think there were there's not enough awareness about what's available from devices and technologies. And so, you know, if you think about someone who's diagnosed right now, they may they may have to do a, a lot of searching, a lot of information to to get um, to, to, to increase their awareness of what's available to them. So I think that the first part was to increase awareness of devices and technologies that they work and that they're available. The second part was to, um, broaden access because we know that, you know, if you, if in your search right there, if you would have put in a different type of insurance or maybe you put in Medicaid or Medicare, it may have come back as not being covered. And so then, you know, many times people in those situations will just stop and they'll say, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I can't access this. So we wanted to, you know, help people become more aware, help them gain access. Um, and, and that may be, you know, we have different kind of programs um, or, or not programs, but um, guides for them to seek approval, how to get, you know, pre-certification, do all of those kind of things that are that are a lot of work. Um, so um, and then and then the last part is that to get people on technology and get them on devices, we think that that will improve both quality of life and their health outcomes. And that's you know that's further down the road things that we don't track as closely, but um, you know we're we're interested in that. And I think that you know your your question about um, the the money side is is a great one. I think that you know the reality is you you couldn't sustain this without. Um, yeah. you know, philanthropy, you can't, um, and, or you couldn't sustain this without some income and you can't maintain, a, I don't know, an unbiased or unbranded view if you start taking money from device manufacturers um, 
for companies. And so we have to find a way, our long-term program, our long-term ideas, we've got to make this sustainable in a way that we can still remain neutral, but we, we're going to have to generate some income to support yeah. it in some way. Well, well Corey, yeah. you, you should have came to me earlier because um, what I do is I just say, look, you can buy ads in the podcast, but if somebody says something crappy about your thing, I'm not sticking up for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's, it's people's experiences. I, so, you know, yeah, it's yeah. funny. I, I relate to exactly what you're saying. You can have a thing that is so valuable to people, but that doesn't mean anything. You still have to make them aware of it, show them how to use it, uh, make them understand why it's helpful for them. Like it, it really is. It's a difficult thing. Like I have episodes series within this podcast. I am completely comfortable telling you, Corey, you listen to those series. Your A1C is going to be a six with very little trouble. And I don't mean in the sixes. Yep. I mean a six. If you apply a couple of the other ideas, you can live in the fives with a little bit of technology, free podcast. Like that's it. Like I, because I take ads because I got into the same spot you were at. I was like, I'm going to have this thing. And it turns out if you turn to people and say, Hey, I could save your life for $5 a month. They'll go, no, thank you. And, you know, like, it, and yep. you know, and that's just the thing you can't get past. I, um, I tried to make the podcast for a little while without ads. And then my wife was like, you better get a job. And I was like, oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so we took some ads and what I find is that I just stay focused on, in my mind, my job is helping people. That's all I see my job as. And I take advertising money for people so I can do that. And I also find that the honesty, which is why I like this idea. I think the honesty fixes everything. Because nothing's perfect. And in fairness, I don't see any device manufacturers running around saying our thing is perfect and your thing isn't. I think it's pretty obvious once it's in your hands. Everything has limitations one way or the other, right? Um, it's what's best for you. And I, I actually think from a marketing perspective, that's the best thing that the, that the companies could say is that you should try our yeah. thing and hopefully it's right for you. I mean, to me, that's, that's how you sell this stuff. Like It's a TiVo. You put it in their house. And then they'll love it or they'll hate it and they'll keep it or they won't. And you, you move on to the next person. I, this is terrific that you're doing this. Uh, really, it's, uh, I guess, then the next leap, right? It's probably why you're here, is how do you, how do you make people aware of it? That's yeah, absolutely. so difficult. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I, um, uh, I appreciate, you know, everything that you mentioned there. And I also think, you know, th these are the things that I think we're, we're, um, thinking about as we try and grow this and um, reach, I think that one of the biggest efforts we've tried to make in the last probably six months is um, making more diabetes care professionals aware of the site, because we think there's a lot of value with the prescription tool. We think there's a lot of value with, um, you know, the comparison of the different features. And I mean, if you think about, I mean, and we're not just thinking about the endocrinologists here, but we're thinking about those in primary care, you know, the the 60 something that only gets to see primary care, never sees a diabetes specialist, but, you know, how are they going to get, become more aware of this? And so I think that, so some of those efforts include, you know, reaching out to specific clinics, making them more aware, doing things like this. And I'm you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to be on here and talk about this and, um, and, you know, just to continue to get the word out about it, but also you know, we're, we're trying to exhibit at, we're planning at the American Diabetes Association in a couple of weeks to have a booth and to talk about it. Um, you know, they give nonprofits a little bit of a <laughs> price, uh, uh, discount, which is the only way that we can be there and exhibit. But, um, <laughs> but, but it's really the, you know, the idea, you're right. Um, making people more aware is really the, the, the first part. And then I think that as we, hopefully what we can do is we can, we can increase access because we, we think that there's a lot of people who, who can't access these or just aren't aware of them. So let's, let's well, do that. And this is the pathway to, to that. Um, I did a, I mean, you're an actual researcher, but I did an informal um, poll as uh, maybe a 50 question survey. Uh, I think I got 1100 listeners of the podcast to respond. Okay. Which, and I had a, a great, um, I had a great person who has type one who uh, was at Johns Hopkins. She was finishing up her MPH and she wanted to help the podcast. And I said, can you help me like 
facilitate this poll, like make it as close to what, you know, real researchers would, uh, would, would yeah. be impressed by. And what I learned is that overwhelmingly the people that listen to this podcast are helped by this podcast, sometimes three or four to one over, um, their doctor and like six to one over other materials online or in print. And, um, yeah. that is what was a real big lesson for me. You know, I just thought like, wow, I thought I knew what the podcast did for people. I see the reviews. I have a, a bustling like Facebook group. Like, so I, I hear back from people constantly, but I thought, all right, well, let's make it so that they're not, you know, their face isn't an avatar. Maybe if they want to say something, you know, sideways to me, like this will be a good place for them to do it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get anybody to say anything different. Like it was, it was just, it was yeah. fascinating. And so when I think about my job, I think my job and your job are very similar. Um, I've been doing this for nine years. And when people ask me what I want the goal, like what is the long-term goal of this? I always think I want for one day, somebody goes to their doctor's office and actually gets the right information immediately. And because you can't count on your doctor, right? Like, like they're not with you all the time. They can't, they can't be in your pocket, but they can put you in the right direction. And I am really, I'm really sure that by trying to sometimes save people's feelings or not overload them, you can send them down the wrong path. Then they can have a bad outcome. And then they can come to believe that that outcome is their, is their lot in life. And then they don't look up again. And then they just live like that and they go, they go down, you know, I mean, you have no idea how many people come on here and talk about their 11 A1Cs for 10 years of their life. Um, yeah. And then I said, well, what fixed it? I, I, I was in Costco one day and a lady saw my pump and told me about your podcast. And now my A1C is a six. And, and I think about technology the same way. So many people, especially kind of old school type ones, especially their expectations aren't the same. And so when they're presented with these ideas, they're like, no, this is good enough. I'm fine. But with pumps like, I mean, I know you don't use like, but I mean, any of the algorithms, Omnipod 5, Control IQ, this eyelet thing that's yeah. about to come out, right? I mean, I think eyelet's shooting for like a 7A1C. I'm not sure I'm about to interview them this week, right? But So don't hold me to that right now. But <laughs> if I slap a pump on someone with an 11A1C and they can keep a 7, well, you just changed their life, you, you know, oh, absolutely. You know, and, and so, but then again, it becomes about awareness and access and, uh, and that feeling like I could do this. And, and that's not something you get from your doctor, your doctor, who, by the way, could be in practice for 25 years and be giving you a certain pump because 20 years ago, 20 years ago, like a pretty girl with brought her bagels on Fridays and was like holding up a pump, you know, like you don't know why you're being told what to do. And I, I wanted to ask you about that. Cause if you're willing to talk about it, when you speak to doctors, do they really know or are they just doing what they do too? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. And I, and I, I, I think that I appreciate the, 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 the context to, to why, you know, why we think about this. I think, um, I, I guess I would maybe I'll answer from both the personal and then more of like the diabetes wise yeah. diabetes wise side. I think that um, personally, I think what I what I've found myself doing is gravitating toward doctors that um, that know and that are in the know. And so I've been fortunate to be in places where there are some really great you know, endocrinologists or diabetologists who I can access. And so, um, and there've been several that, you know, you, you push to the the side because they're maybe not as, it's not even about being aggressive, but just being, you know, but I guess listening to me and doing what I think might be helpful or, or, or doing that. But I think I'm in a really unique and, and privileged position to be able to do that because of the, because of you know where I've worked and 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 people that I've gotten to know, so sure. I think that what I would love is for people to feel like that, you know, that to have that personal connection to a provider where they can tell them things, and the provider is going to have their back or they're going to do that. And I think that they're out there, but those are also the ones that 
you know, have a waiting list of a year long because they know that they're really great. Um, so I think that, you know, so that's a little bit part of it. And then I think the other thing that it reminded me of when you were, you were mentioning that was that um, on Diabetes Wise, we have um, a, a section called Wisdom. And it's really these stories that people have. Um, and some of them are quotes. Some of them are videos you can watch about their experiences. And a lot of times it's about their experiences with devices. But the the amount that people feel empowered when they when they take over some part of management, and maybe that's through a device and being able to see the numbers, make a decision about a device, you know, when they feel empowered about it, it really changes, I think, their um, their approach to, to management. And that I think that you were talking, you know, the example of the person that has that interaction in Costco and then goes from an 11 to a seven A1C. I mean, it's because they've been empowered and, you know, and your podcasts empower them. What we're hoping is with diabetes wise that we empower them in a way. And um, the, the last thing I'll say real quick about that is that, you know, there's some, there's some really good, some really interesting research on the way that people view um, you know, patients, um, you know, view, different kinds of providers, even though they don't always um, agree with them or, or they still give them a lot of power oh, and give yeah, them yeah. a lot of, I mean, they're, they're in, there's so much reverence to the providers. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but the reality is that they listen to other people who are in the, in the trenches or on the front line mm-hmm. in the same way. They, they listen to them in a different way. And I think it's often a more powerful way. Those two things can conflict a lot, too. I've come to believe that doctors, teachers, police officers, we just believe, like, hands down. We're just like, okay, no matter what, like, I was raised to say yes, and the white coat, and the doctor, and you went to more school than me, you must be smarter than I am, you know, like, all that other stuff. And then you go out into the real world, and someone says, have you tried pre-bolusing? And they go, oh, my doctor says not to do that. And then there are some people whose personalities allow them to just break free of that and try. But overwhelmingly, a lot of people are rule followers. And and so they'll spend, this, this breaks my heart most specifically, they'll spend their time knowing that what they're doing is wrong, believing there's a better way, and not being able to act on it. And I think that psychological punishment is maybe one of the sadder things I've seen in diabetes. Like to get up every day, to be scared to eat, to be scared to use your insulin, to know there's something you should be doing. Not only do you know that there has to be something else here, but I was just talking to somebody and they're doing it and then they can't take that step. I mean, I I hope you're putting a lot of effort into getting this to doctors, like specifically. Obviously, there are plenty of doctors that know what they're doing. We're not talking. I mean, if they all did, then we wouldn't be talking about it. But and, And I'm not even coming down on the ones who don't. I, I mean, honestly, like uh, my daughter just crossed out of um, pediatric into adult endocrinology, and we were very lucky. You said the same thing. Um, we were lucky that, I mean, we, we were able to find uh, a head and shoulders above the rest physician, who, by the way, doesn't do type one anymore, but is doing it for Arden. You know, and, yeah. you know, uh, my mom's still alive, man, because my neighbor's kid grew up to be a doctor who knew another doctor who set us up with an oncologist. When other people were saying, no, your mom's too old, we'll, we'll let nature take its course. And that guy was like, yo, you want me to help her? I'll help her. And that's privilege right there, just by, by knowing people. Um, I think that most people are not going to come into that situation. So you really, it is your job. Um, you know, to circle back around, like, I don't ever think I finished my thought completely. I see my job as telling enough people in the moment how to help themselves so that then they go to their doctors and inevitably the doctor is going to say, how did you do this? And this, they will say, I listened to the juice box podcast. And then I had doctors come on. I, there's an endo that came on this show a couple of years ago. And she said the podcast fundamentally changed how she helped people that. And so like, I think that's it. Like, I think like when I, like when I lay down and die, you you know, I'd like, I'd like to think that I changed how doctors talk to people about their diabetes uh, on some level, like somewhere. And, and this is how these things happen. Very, very small steps. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that, uh, um, I mean, both on the, the idea of the impact, but, you know, one of the, one of the, it, your, your point exactly ties into um, what we thought about with diabetes wise was that the only way that there's an authenticity to it, or is if you hear from other people with diabetes, um, you know, it's not, you know, I think that we can listen to a lot of different providers and there's, there's great providers, like you said, and they're, um, I think the ones who aren't as aware, it's usually because they, they don't have the time to it, you know, and they're, you know, they've got, they're seeing 40 patients in a day, and then it's trying to figure out a time to like, you know, learn something new. It's really tricky. So I think in, on diabetes wise, we, we wanted within the wisdom section to insert that, but we also added to your point about, you know, kind of the, the, the guides and giving some people some, some it's, it is advice. I mean, we, we're not, we're not um, reserved about offering advice, Mm. Um, but we, you know, we offer guides for how to talk to your provider about getting on a device. You know, here are some things that you can say that are going to be helpful here. Here, some phrases you might want to use. This is the time to do it. You may even want to send a message through the patient portal before you go, because I want to talk about getting on a pump. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about starting on CGM. That, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then also on the provider side, on the, um, you know, we really think about what are, you know, what are some better ways to listen to, you know, what your what the person with diabetes is coming to you about. What are some and, and if you want to prescribe, here's some, here's ways to do it. And if you get that first, you know, denial, don't give up. We've got to keep pushing through on these ways. I find it's helpful to give people uh, expectations. So there's another thing I think that I'm doing here is I somehow, by the way, before Ted Lasso was popular, I saw part of my job is just like, I'm like the coach, like as you're running out on the field, it's a slap on the ass. And I'm like, you can do it. Get out there. You, you know, like there's yeah. part of that. There's also part about, I bucked the system years ago, um, and you've been around a long time, Corey, so you're going to know what I'm talking about. But there was a, there was a, an edict in the diabetes community, people who create a content that you didn't celebrate because it made people feel bad. Mm. And I, I don't like, I don't think you should be running around in the end zone, like spiking the ball and, you know, flipping people off in the stands. But, um, but what yeah. I, but I do think is there, it, there's a, there's a mistake that if you think of people as being above you, they're not above you, they're ahead of you. Like, like it's, it's not a, it's not a score, it's a path. And so why would we not illuminate the people up ahead who have already traversed all the problems know the answers, are having the success that you're hoping for, why don't we shine a light on them as hope? Like, and so to me, you give people expectation that, that they deserve better and hope that they can achieve more. And and then you show them, look, here's how, here's how I did it. That's all I'm doing here. I just share what worked for my daughter and you can cherry pick from it or copy it exactly or ignore me. I like, I don't care. I'm just doing my best to put it out there. And I do think that yeah. was the other thing that this space missed for a while was that a lot of the content was coming from people who were struggling, which then makes it feel like that's the whole world. And then the people yeah. who like figured it out, they kind of go away and go back to their life. And I, and I said to my wife one time, I'm like, I'm going to stay behind and, and like try to be a beacon, you know, and, and that takes a little bit of, I don't know what that takes. I was going to say chutzpah, but I don't know if people know that word. Uh, but but what I did was I looked at my daughter and I said, I have a system. I don't call it something. I haven't marketed it to anything. I didn't name it all. But I know if you do these things, your A1C is in the fives. It just is. I know it. I'm going to stay behind and tell stories about it. Where I'm at a – maybe – and I know I'm just going to translate right into this thing. I'm worried for you. You've got this wonderful website but the one thing I've learned being around this for so long, again, going back to the beginning, is having good information doesn't make you definitely successful and help you reach people. The reason the podcast works is because there's great information mixed in with stories about like people being diagnosed with on a heroin bender. And so, like, you know, like that's yeah. the actual story on the podcast. Like, you know, um, or people coming on and being like so emotional and honest about themselves. And like, really, it's the long form that allows it to happen. And then 
I mean, not for nothing. I just got here first. So my, yeah. my camp's been set up longer. And um, so that's where, that's where the numbers, I mean, I don't know what you think about all day, but uh, most of the day I think about helping more people. Like, how do you reach yeah. more people? And um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to have you on here and help about this because this is just a wonderful idea. And, um, and I know and I, how, how and hard it is to put it in front of people. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that there, there are a couple of things that I thought about as you were mentioning that. And one is that, you know, simply giving people education and information. I mean, we've known that and we've known that forever, but we still do it, which is, you know, it doesn't change outcomes often. You know, what, you know, what, and what we try to do with diabetes wise, and I, I'm thinking about a specific story of a, a, a guy on, um, on there named Dan, who, um, who talked a lot about his journey in diabetes of, you know, trying some different devices and then going off them. And then, you know, how, how it made him, you know, feel at different times, how it made him frustrated, angry, and then to come back, you know, have to give it a couple of years and then come back to it. But then ultimately what it, what it unlocked for him was the ability to do some of the things that he really loves doing. Um, and in his specific example was motorcycles and like being able to do things as a group with other friends that he wasn't able to do before he had CGM because he was so worried about going low and, yeah. and things like that. Um, and so I think that the part that helps I, a lot, and I think that you do this in the podcasts and, and then what we try and do on Diabetes Wise as well is to walk people through the process too of when they run up against those barriers or those challenges, what, what do you try and do? And and then give examples of people who have problem solved, who figured it out. And those are the ones that, like you said, are kind of out in the front leading. And, um, and I can do that a little bit, but if you hear that from, you know, if you, if you listen to stories of, you know, 10 other people who did it in the same way, or you, or you on the pro site, if you talk to, you know, you listen to some of the providers who have struggled over time giving prescriptions, but have found a way to do it. You know, it's, I think that's a much more powerful story than anything you're going to get in a, a relatively short visit with your provider. Yeah. Uh, and bullet points are, are, they're useless. Like you, you I've, I've yeah. said before, like there could be the secret to life in this episode if it's not entertaining, you're not going to get to it. If the sound yeah. is bad, Corey, people will shut it off. Like there are so yeah. many like like little speed bumps that derail people. And I understand why, you know, but it's just it's so dry. And you mentioned it earlier. It's already your whole life, right? Like you're, like right. you're living with it constantly. Like, well, I'm going to spend my entertainment hours listening about diabetes. Like, yeah, out of your mind. You know what I mean? But that's why. When I first started doing this, I had someone come up to me and say, you can't do what you're doing. They said, you're not, you can't tell people how you manage your daughter. It's dangerous. And I said, I disagree. And I think back on that person all the time. And I wonder what would have happened if I would have just like, let them scare me off, you know? And I yeah. said, no, I said, I, I don't agree with you. I said, I, I reject honestly the idea that all of our everyone's diabetes is that different. Your your variables are different, and your personal life is different, etc. But insulin works the way it works. Hydration works the way it works. Those things are consistent, and it it's sort of to me like I'm so old now, but it's the Matrix, right? <laughs> like like I know when you stop and look at it in the beginning, it looks like a guy in a black coat, but it turns out it's ones and zeros, and you know you can manipulate it. Um, is it hard? Not after you understand it, uh, you know, it's never going to be easy. You get better at it. You know, like it's, there's a path through that and, and yeah. you have to, someone's got to give you, I'm going to ruin my own metaphor because I forget which pill showed you the matrix, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but someone's got to give you that pill and say, look, there's more here than what you're seeing. Um, you know, I, I hate when people say that's just diabetes. Because to me, that means you just don't understand how insulin works. Like, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that. Like, diabetes isn't a thing that happens to you. It's a thing that happens that you more frequently don't understand. And understanding it gets you a lot farther. And understanding the technology is going to take people a lot farther. I mean, this is this is really wonderful. I appreciate you doing this. 
Um, and yeah. one thing I would add add to that, um, I completely you know agree with that that idea. And I think that what also happens, I think, with devices and technologies, which makes diabetes wise unique, is that you know, given our you know, my experience as a person with diabetes, but also as a psychologist, and then a lot of people on our team having diabetes, I think that we better understand the the, the psychological connection to devices and technologies because there is a big one. And, you know, at the core of it is this relatively straightforward, um, you know, like you said in the matrix, ones and zeros. I mean, there's a relatively straightforward approach to it. But then you add in all of these emotions to it. You add in all of this extra junk that you bring to it or that others bring to it. And it makes it really complicated. And so I think that trying to get through a bit of that with some of the the tools that we have on on the sites, um, I think can help people get through a little bit of that chunk and that that baggage. Um, because if you can make it a bit clearer, it, it, you can manage it in a lot better way. Nah, a million percent. It's it's. Listen, Corey, uh, you'll, uh, you were older when you were diagnosed, but I sent my daughter off as a freshman this year. She went 700 miles by car from my house, oh, wow. lived by herself, and um, she kept her A1C in the low sixes, mid sixes, by herself eating crappy food for her first time away. And her A1C went up like a half a point from when she left. And I was like, I didn't, I was like, you're doing terrific. You know, you know, like yeah. it just, it's, and what does she have? She's got a CGM. She has a pump. She's using an algorithm. Those things are great. I see plenty of people use those that don't have A1Cs like that. Like if you, like people don't know, the food at colleges is horrendous and a lot yeah, of empty yeah. calories and fried food and, you know, bolusing for it is, is a Herculean effort. Um, but, but what she really has is like the things the ideas that we talked about over years and went over and, and that when something comes up, she doesn't pause and go, I don't know what to do. She goes, Oh, this is this thing. I do this. You know what I mean? Like she's got knowledge and it's, and it's available to her without having to wonder. And I, and I, I just think that that's incredibly important. And I think that you could, that doctors need that. Like when I walk into an office and I say, Hey, do you have a suggestion for an insulin pump? I don't want to hear about the one that, you know, you like because the company's up the street from here, which right. happens in the Midwest a lot, you know? And, um, like, I, I don't want to hear which CGM, like, the commercial you saw. Like, I saw the commercials, too. Like, what do you know about them? And if you don't know, learn. And, and learn by talking yeah. to people, not by reading a pamphlet or looking for bullet points. Go find people who are, listen to them. And you have your patients right there, listen to them and then figure it out yourself. It's not, do you think the model is, I don't know if I'm going to take you in an uncomfortable way. I often think that the model of one patient going to one doctor for a prescribed amount of time around diabetes is completely wrong. I think that every day, 300 people ought to come into an auditorium and all the endocrinologists and the practices stand up front and they should just talk to everybody. Enough people will ask yeah. questions that everyone's questions will get answered. And um, I don't know. I see it. I see that being, I know there's HIPAA and stuff like that, but you could sign. Well, but I think that yeah. I, I, I think that, I think that you, you bring up right there at the end, you know, one of the biggest barriers to that um, is, you know, all of the kind of regulatory things that make it hard. And yeah. there, there is a conflict between helping people, and all of the the kind of roadblocks that we put up from a regulatory standpoint, and I think that, and I think that's partially partially why you've seen people move to some of the things like Diabetes Wise and and I mean, you know, your podcast, other sources where you can you can get more of a frank, um, yep. you know, view, a more authentic view. And, um, and I think that, that there's a lot of value in that. I do think that, I mean, I would love to be able to do more group visits and have people together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something that they've been trying to do for two decades. And it's been really tricky to get enough people to want to do these group visits because of some of those kind of things with privacy and confidentiality and all of that. But the other thing that I think and this is where I actually thought that you were going um, with it was 
thinking about you know providing care um, you know more remotely and more broadly um, and people not having to come into clinics people not having to come into um, places and I think we're moving in the direction where you're going to have maybe a little bit more of a an option to do things remotely and to have a little bit more of a menu of who you might want to see mm-hmm. and if if that's the case, then we we need to help people become more informed about making those decisions yeah. and choices. And I think that you know we we try and do that at Diabetes Wise, and you know I think that we we want people to feel empowered, feel like they can make these choices and decisions on their own. But they they need the information, they need the nudge, they need other people's stories to support. Yeah, you know, they're pushes to do this. You're making me think I should get back to something I was doing. I did during COVID a lot. We did these um, like Zooms, and um, yeah. if I'm if I'm being honest, I, I it, it came out of uh, <laughs> I was trying to prove something at first. I saw a very big diabetes organization do an online Zoom, and 14 people were in it. And I thought, oh, is it hard to get people in these things? So then I did one and had two hundred. Yep. I got like 250 people in it. And, and I was like, ah, all right, that made me feel better. Uh, but then, but then I got in there and I was like, what, what is this supposed to be? What's it going to do? And what we turned it into was I will sit here as long as I can and answer as many questions as you can while everybody listens. But what I have that no one else has is that I get to say at the beginning that nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. And yep. then, and then, and I'm not telling you what to do. I'm giving you my opinion of your question. And I don't know when, I don't know how long it's going to have to be before people in a position of power look up and see that they're being sur- they're being supplanted by a guy in an extra room in his house. You, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm reaching more people and, and that, yeah. That's where it has to change, really. Like, like you have to give up that idea of the model, which is like, I'm smarter. I went to school. I know. Even though any doctor you talk to will tell you that they like studied diabetes for 18 seconds while they were in med school, right? And and you know, like so, but then they get out there with that idea of like, this is this is how it works. It doesn't work like yeah. that anymore. My my podcast last week was in the top 10 on the U.S. medicine list. With with shows that are run by Fortune 500 companies that have staffs of hundreds of people, and and if that doesn't tell you that these people need accessible information that they can walk away and use actionably, and they don't want to come to your office and they don't trust you and it, where you're not doing it the way that you should be, if the, if that's not clear at this point, then like I I don't know how how much clearer to make it. You, you know, like it's, I, do, do you know that we don't just help people here with diabetes? We've uh, taught people how to advocate for themselves with their iron issues, their thyroid issues, mm-hmm. their mental health. Uh, we branched out, you know, in a world where people told me, don't mix diabetes together. Nah, we help people with type two diabetes. And like, you know, like it just, it, it's not a, all those old models are supposition that doesn't work in the real world anymore. Like this, yeah, this is, absolutely. this is how people get information now, like get on board or, or get left behind and don't right. run away. And I'm not, and I'm not calling anybody out, although I am thinking of somebody don't get it in your head to start a podcast and then make it the same boring stuff that they hear in the office. Like, the, like yeah. it's the delivery system's not the problem. The message is the problem. So anyway, yeah. I don't know how I got and that. I th- and I think Sorry. it, no, no, I, yeah. I really appreciate all those comments. And I also yeah. would also say, I think it also ties a little bit back into what you said early on was, um, you know, thinking about what, what the value proposition is for people and, and in a, it, you know, thinking specifically about diabetes wise, I think that, you know, they have to feel like there's some value in it, that they're hearing some advice or some suggestions or, and, but, it, but it's also relevant to their life and their daily, the daily grind of diabetes. And I think that, you know, you can speak to that, and the the experience that people have to have, whether we're talking about people with diabetes or the healthcare professionals, they have to view it as something that's valuable and something that's going to move it along. And I, and I think that, you know, even we make the sites free and we make them, you know, accessible to everything. Um, but that's not, that's not value. Value is them feeling like I learned something new. I'm going to apply it to my life. This is how the other person did it. 
these are technologies that can move me along in my journey with diabetes. And I think that that's what we're trying, well, that's what we're trying to do. And hopefully we're, we're achieving and we can keep you know moving on along with diabetes wise. Well, bravo. Thank you. I appreciate you doing it. Um, I have other questions that don't have anything to do with this, but I don't want to muddle the, the, um, the conversation up. So uh, maybe I'll just uh, ask you if we haven't talked about anything that we should have before I, I let you go. Um, no, I, I, you know, I really appreciate this time. And I also think, um, you know, a couple reflecting back on our conversation, I think that you know, I want to just emphasize that you know, diabetes wise is free, that we're, we have a bias toward getting people on devices, but, we don't care which ones they are. It's got to, like you said, it's got to fit your life. It's got to be the best one for you. And I think that we have some, some features and some tools on it that help you figure out what that is, what is going to be the best fit for your life. And okay. so, um, I mean, I, I should, you know, also know, you know, we great relationship with the Homesley Trust and we really support them from both the, the funding, but also just the, you know, they're, they're, allowing us to do the things that we want to do with this and make it um, accessible to people. So David's been on um, the show. Um, in the yeah. Last, yeah. In the I listened, year. I listened, I went back and listened to his um, and I realized you're, you're approaching, you're probably approaching a thousand episodes soon, right? Yeah, like you, yeah. sometime this year or next year, you'll, oh, please. you'll hit a thousand. You're delightful in a couple of months. I, 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 Oh, I, in a couple of months. I, okay. I yeah, yeah. Con- so Corey, I, I, the same thing is when, when I was imagining all of this, um, Usually, I used to keep this stuff private, but I guess nobody's going to like try to do it. So I guess I can just say what I'm doing. Um, most podcasts come out once a week. Some come out once a month. There are people, I, I know a person who tells me that their podcast is in its ninth season, uh, but it has, you know, 80 episodes. Um, I put, yeah, out, yeah, I put yeah. out 80 episodes in two months because for me, it's, it's content and it's keeping you here, right? Like, because... I don't know how to put this, but social media, if people don't understand, social media is like trying to keep a rock uh, hot with a match. As long as you hold the match on it, the rock is hot. The minute you take the match away, the rock is cool. And before you know it, someone else will come along and heat up a different rock. And and that's it. Like So it has to be informative. It has to be accessible. You have to meet people where they are. It has to be entertaining. It has to be valuable. And it has to be plentiful. Like you, I can't just put out an episode once a week and hope everyone remembers to come back. You know what I mean? Like, because in the last seven days, Netflix put out three different shows. Um, You know, Joe Rogan had somebody on that everybody wanted to hear about and they're all yelling and screaming. There's too much going on. So I don't think of this as a podcast as much as I think of it as a community. And Mm -hmm. it's a community of people who you don't meet, but, um, and I have to thank uh, one of the one of the people who was on the show a couple of years ago. She's a young girl in like her mid to late twenties, and um, you know she told me she was coming on to tell me how much the podcast helped her. And we had a long conversation. I think like forty five minutes into it, I said like, "How did the podcast help you?" I was like literally sitting back, getting ready for my kudos about how I taught her how to bolus or something like that. She goes, "No, I knew all that before." And I said, "Oh, I don't understand how the podcast helped you." Then she goes, "I don't either, but when I listen, I want to do better." And that was it. And when she said that, I thought, well, then I can't just put up one episode this week because what if that's not for her? I'm going to put up four. She'll want one of them. You know what I mean? Like one of them will meet her need this week. And that's how I think of it now. Like I just, I want you to have a ton of options just like with these devices. And maybe you're not going to want three of them, but you'll want one. That'll keep you here listening to other people's stories. And, you know, 35 minutes into a story, you might hear like, oh, is that how you bolus for pizza? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, or what's a fat rise? Like, how, how fascinating it is it, Corey? How many people are using insulin to control their diabetes? And not one doctor has ever told you that fat slows down your digestion and that's why you spike later. No one ever says that. You know what they say? You should see a nutritionist. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that'll help me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so give me, some, <laughs> give me something I can work with here. Anyway, you get me all upset now, Corey. I can, I get, I, I, I <laughs> right go, as we're wrapping up. I go so. on and on. I'm like, oh, just, I just, it, it, I don't know. It just all seems like common sense. And, and I have to say something. It's an aesthetic decision on your website. I don't know who made the decision, but using sort of just line drawings of devices in as your graphics instead of images 
it's it's nice because it really doesn't feel like a marketing tool and it's it's clearly not but i mean it could get shiny if you started using the images it's a, it's a yeah. nice it's a nice small decision aesthetically it's it's wonderful well i, I appreciate you say, saying that and i'll just call out the sarah krugman and the team at HealthMade, which was a, a design company in san francisco that we worked with um closely on this and um sarah's type 1 diabetes and you know, we, we we found surrounding ourselves with a lot of people with diabetes um, has helped uh, a lot of really smart people, you know, mm. has helped us uh, figure out some of these things. So that was her her decision. That's wonderful. You tell Sarah if she ever wants to make some free graphics for a podcast, I know somebody would take her up on it. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, thanks very much, man. I want to thank Corey for coming on the show and remind you that you can check out Diabetes Wise at diabeteswise.org. And let's thank Omnipod and the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Get that free test drive or learn more about Omnipod 5 and Omnipod Dash. And of course, contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Read up about our meter Get one for yourself. Buy it right there online. The whole shebang. It's a great website. They're both great websites. They explain everything. Using my links helps support the show. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. If you're looking for community around your diabetes, check out Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. And that group is for everybody. I know what the title says, but if you're type one, you're type two, you're welcome. I don't care how you eat. I don't care anything about what you do. Your business is your business. Come on in, check out the group, watch some of the conversations, jump in and get involved, or just sit back and try to learn from others. Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. There's something in there for everyone.